Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. But it wasn't the act that got you down, was it? Didn't you really feel so bad because killing him felt so good? And why shouldn't it feel good? Can't You See How Much I Love You by Girl Veteran When I first got out of the Army, I was in a relationship with a guy in 3rd Ranger Battalion. Let's call him Jim. He and I had an apartment together, and I thought I loved him, so instead of going back to my home in Nebraska, I stayed in Columbus, Georgia. Our relationship started out with him being what I thought was protective over me. Even though I was very attractive at the time, I had very low self-esteem because of an assault I experienced while I was living in the barracks and the bullying I endured afterward. Things moved very quickly. In fact, we were inseparable from the night we met. Anytime another man looked at me, he would get very confrontational toward the guy. I felt safe and protected by this. It made me feel special. I thought Jim must really value me if he would get so upset by a guy looking my way. At first... Soon, when we would be out at the bar, he would get hammered every time and act very nasty towards me if he thought I was looking at another guy. This would cause bitter fights, and I would always end up in a fetal position in bed, sobbing. But still, I stayed. The next day, he would always apologize, making excuses about it being because he was so drunk. But then he would proceed to explain to me why what I had done was wrong. It wasn't long before I found myself totally isolated from my friends and family because he was so insecure. He made me take all of my phone calls on speakerphone. My family begged me to leave, but I was afraid I couldn't get by on my own. Then, one night, we came home from the bar in the usual fashion, him screaming in my face and me sobbing. I told him I was going to go get a room in a motel, and he lost his freaking mind. He yanked the keys out of the ignition and threw them into the wood line. He then got out of my car and proceeded to kick in the front quarter panel of my car. He used so much force, the hinges to the passenger door were bent. I told the insurance company it was a hit and run, or I never would have been able to get the damage fixed. He screamed at me to get inside the apartment, but I couldn't unlock the door without my keys, which he blamed me for. He then grabbed me and started shoving me into the front door, first by my shoulders, then with his hands around my throat, screaming, Can't you see how much I love you? I rasped back, No, no, I can't. He let go, and I fell to the ground in a heap. That night, I had finally had enough. I was finally so angry that I didn't need to feel afraid anymore. That morning, while he was sleeping it off, I began to make plans. I started by telling him he had to leave and move back into the barracks. When he refused, I had to get his chain of command involved to make him leave the apartment and go back to live in the barracks, on someone's couch, in the street, anywhere, just as long as it wasn't with me. After that, 
He stalked me mercilessly. I filed for an order of protection, but he bullied me into dropping it. I knew I would never be free from him if I stayed. So my parents sent me some money via Western Union, this was in 2002, and I rented a Penske truck and a trailer, got help from my neighbor guy friends to load it up as soon as the sun set, and I brought it from where I had hidden it. My best chance was to leave under the cover of darkness. I was really sick that night, too. I was running a fever of 103, but I knew it had to be then. It couldn't wait. I just told myself that I just had to get out of the city limits, then I could pull over and sleep a little bit. I figured I would just drive as much as I could and then rest when I couldn't push any harder. I put my puppy in the cab of the truck with me, towed my car behind the truck, and left. I don't know how except through divine intervention, but somehow I managed to drive non-stop from Fort Benning, Georgia, to my parents' home in rural Nebraska. I stopped only for fuel, at which time I would feed, water, and walk my little dog, Scruffy, use the facilities, and get what food and drink I could afford on my meager budget. I drove 14 hours and pulled into my parents' driveway around 10 a.m. I crashed on their old couch and slept for nearly 24 hours straight. I still hope for nothing but pain and suffering for Jim. He turned me on to pills, then coke, then crack, all while he was on active duty. He was a scumbag of a soldier and of a man. He reached out to me on social media a couple of years ago. I told him what a pile of steaming shit he was, and I told him to rot in hell. It felt amazing, even after all these years, to say that to him and have him be the one stammering. I'm actually glad he reached out to me and gave me the opportunity to verbally rip him to shreds. I'm not afraid of you anymore, Jim. Let's not ever meet again. Three Down by Defined by Faith I've always been interested in the paranormal. I believe in it but I also feel like the average person thinks every bump in the night is paranormal, and I consider myself to be somewhat skeptical and scientific among the believers. True paranormal experiences are far rarer than people will admit. One night, I was up late and looking for things to do and ended up on a random Craigslist ad for a volunteer paranormal investigator in a local group. I emailed them, thinking I'd probably never hear back, but ended up getting a response and eventually they did a practice investigation with this relatively young group and was invited to be the science officer of the team. Over the year I participated, we did a lot of investigations, but anything my colleagues got excited for, I could always scientifically or logically explain as unlikely to be paranormal, despite the other's arguments and protests. In my town, there is a park that was once a graveyard for the pioneers and key people when the town was young. In the 1970s, the city decided that they would relocate the tombstones and turn the graveyard into a park, as everyone in that graveyard had been gone over 100 years and they were no longer visited. Apparently, none of the bodies were moved, and in a quiet corner of the park, there still does stand a beautiful row of gravestones. For all of the reasons you can imagine, some of them may even be true. The park has a lot of lore about various hauntings. One night, we were doing a fun practice investigation in this park. 
We had walkie-talkies, and the boys, young men around 25 years old at the time, decided to split off from the girls. All of us were young women around the same age. Us girls investigated the parking lot, which was supposedly where various clergy had been buried, and the boys investigated in a canyon at the back, between the gravestones and the busier street. As we were asking questions into our recorder, we were slightly startled by the walkie-talkie going off, and the voice of the team leader excitedly telling us to come to the canyon quick. Without asking any questions, the three of us women began to walk quickly to the opposite side of the park, toward the canyon. When we were about two-thirds of the way across the park, I felt a punch in my gut that left me breathless. At the exact same time, one of the other women fell to the ground and the third also stopped doubled over. I asked if the girl who fell on the ground was okay, and she said she felt like something pushed her. I shared that I felt like someone punched me in the gut and knocked the wind out of me, and the third girl said she felt the same as me. The other two girls felt like something was trying to keep us from the boys, and we were scared to keep going. But I wasn't having it. I wanted to make sure the boys were okay. I convinced the girls to continue, and when we got to the canyon, the boys were fine. They were just getting some good voice recordings and wanted us to share in the experience. We told them what had happened, and the boys seemed uncharacteristically unconcerned. They said it was probably Elmer, a name that showed up on one of the gravestones and was purported to belong to a man who wasn't very kind to women. We got some really clear responses and a female-sounding vocal tone on the recordings from the canyon that night, and nothing at all from the parking lot recordings. I could be somewhat skeptical of the question-and-answer session recordings because there was car noise, etc., from the busy nearby street, and the locals walking dogs and hanging out on the play sets when they couldn't sleep at night. So there was the added noise that could be construed as voices if you really wanted to explain it away. But the three-in-one takedown of us girls is still, to this day, the only experience I can't explain away in the entire year I was involved in that group. Caught in a Loop by Tainted Pika This happened last year while my husband and his friend were working on my car and pretty much changing my whole front end of that car, which still does make sounds. I was inside watching his puppy and my husky play and making sure his pit puppy wasn't getting too rough. I heard the old renter's dog in the backyard bark to let everyone know someone was coming in, and he stopped. We live on a dead-end road so there's just the one way in and the one way out. And there's only five houses on this street, and it's all my husband's family and his friend. I looked out the window and saw my husband's niece drive on in, and I went back to playing with the dogs. About 30 minutes later, my husband asked me to bring the LED light for them to use as it was getting dark. When I took it out to them, he started asking me questions about if I knew what his niece was doing, or if I had heard anything. I said, no, why? He and his friends started explaining that after the first time his niece came in, every five minutes, her car would again come drive past, come back in, and drive past us going to her house. I only heard her car once, and that other dog only barked once. But apparently, to my husband and his friend, my niece drove in about nine times before my husband ended up calling his mom and asking her how many people were up at her house. 
And then it was like he broke the loop, and my niece stopped driving by. But the weird part was, his friend also saw it all happen. It was as if they were stuck in a loop while I was in the house and wasn't with them in that loop. Strange things happen here, and I hate this street. But that time was one of the weirdest things to happen. Has that kind of thing ever happened to anyone else, where the loop lasted as long as it did? I'm confused as I was only 20 feet away from them, and I wasn't in that loop they were stuck in. I would have heard her car, and Jake would have been barking. Thanks for your time. Hey gang, I thought I would do something a little different only because I have not done a live campfire in forever. I'd really like to get back to doing those because those are a blast when everybody shows up and you know all the questions are asked while I'm in the middle of telling stories and that sort of thing. And I love the conversation that I see with everybody else uh, that's having that while I'm doing this silly live campfire. So I'd like to get back into doing those. We'll just see what time has to offer as far as that goes. But I do get questions all the time uh, on social media, uh, lots of DMs and lots of emails as well. And I thought I would grab a couple here and share them with you. Uh, If you don't care for this, then I guess this episode is over. For those of you who want to hear questions and answers, stick around. Okay, this one comes from Krista. What are your favorite stories to read? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I do read the ball. As a matter of fact, I just did a podcast and uh, we talked a little bit about that. That there's only one story I've never shared that I won't. And not because it's too scary or anything like that. Um, Just the nature of the story is something I don't want to get involved with. I'll just leave it at that. But anyway, um, I, I do. I like them all. Uh, I don't have any preference. I love the variety that I get. You know, early on, there was a lot more ghost stories and uh, Ouija board stories and stuff like that, which I'm always up for reading. So if you've got one, hey, send it on in. Uncle Josh, true scary stories at gmail.com. And over time, it just seems like more and more people share like these, I don't want to discount the paranormal, but like real life events. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time that I spend narrating this stuff focuses around on those. But I'd be hard-pressed to say which ones I, you know, like more than another. I, I guess I can't say that. I do love Bigfoot stories. Um, I just, and I actually was talking about this on that the podcast. As soon as that comes out, I'll let everybody know. It's uh, called the Hometown Horrors Podcast, by the way. Check it out on Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Um, but uh, I was talking about how much I love the idea of, you know, a, a large, hairy, bipedal creature running around in the woods. I, I wish there were more, like, good Bigfoot movies that are out there. There's a couple good ones, uh, and I'll, I'll end with that. Uh, Willow Creek is really good. That's the uh, Bobcat Goldthwait movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really cool. And I love the older, cheesy ones from the 70s, like uh, uh, Creature from Black Lake. That's always a good one. Shout out to my buddy Al. We have a completely different version of that, t- totally tongue-in-cheek, uh, that maybe I'll, I'll share with you guys if you guys like you know Bigfoot talk. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I don't have any favorites. Just I love when you send them in. Please continue to do so. 
Okay, uh, this kind of goes along with that. This comes from Bruce Almighty. I don't know if that's a Buffalo connection or what, but uh, uh, Bruce asks, how do you pick and choose what to read when it's sent to you? Uh, like I said, I read them all. I don't pick and choose. Uh, some take a little bit more editing. And if I know I want to get something out on a specific day because I've got the time or whatever, um, I might look or overlook rather. Uh, certain stories that I know are going to be a little bit more involved. Those are usually the ones that folks, uh, I could totally tell they were doing voice to text on their iPhone or whatever, where it's all just one gigantic paragraph. So, and I might also put some in the queue if I know I'm going to do uh, an all ghost episode and there's a really good ghost story. I want to save it for that. Um, but other than that, man, I, I'll, I read whatever you guys send on it and, uh, yeah, I can't stress it enough. Keep sending them. Well, this is a really cool question. This comes from Tanya, who asks, Does reading and listening to your stories stay with you or bother you at all? Some of them don't sit well with me, and I think about them a lot after I listen to them. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that is a solid question. Not in particular. I, there are some stories that bother me. Um, I think a lot of the ones that I resonate with are the ones with, you know, from a parent's perspective and kids. You know, I think that just has everything to, to do with the fact of having a child, you know, knowing the, the horrors that are out there around that sort of thing. So some of those kind of sit with me and maybe, you know, remind me to stay really or pay, you know, as much attention as I can when I'm in a public place with my with my kid. And, you know, there are one, once in a while, something that's just really disturbing and really, you know, for lack of a better term, fucked up. I'd have to really sit down and think about which ones those were. There was one um, that bothered me for a while. It was a, it was a story from a, a police officer from a Leo out in the Midwest, I think. And uh, it was about this family that had all these kids and one of the kids tried raping his sister uh, and the cop getting caught up in it. That one kind of sat with me for a while. And I, that was a while ago. That was years ago. And, uh, you know, I did not have a, a, a child at that time, but that one still sits with me that I can point out right away. And I think there was another one kind of in the lines of first responders because it happened close by. Uh, it was a gentleman who snapped up in Rochester, New York, and set a building on fire and started picking the firefighters off. I'd have to go back and find that one, but that's another one that sticks out at me just because it's the sheer depravity and, and fucking insanity of someone who would do that to another human being. Somebody who's going into a situation thinking they're helping and there's some psychopath across the street shooting at you. That one's, uh, that's pretty heavy. But, you know, for the most part, I read them and move on. I do know that my bride will not listen to my podcast. Uh, this is not her bag. She has listened to them in the past, and a lot of them, she's just like, I don't need to hear this shit. Uh, there's, there's enough other stuff going on. that This is just, you know, beyond anything that I want to spend my time listening to. But thank you so much for sending that in, Tanya. Appreciate it. Let's grab one more here out of the old system. Uh, <laughs> I will address this because this does come up a lot and I've, I've mentioned it too before so uh julie has asked me why don't you upload more um i've been trying to build a cadence where i'm uploading at least twice a week 
I know that I can hang on to stories and do longer volumes, which every time I put out an hour's worth or whatever, you know, people seem to go bananas over that. Um, but I don't mind doing a half hour here, 20 minutes here, 40 minutes there, if I'm doing more uploading each week. Um, if you guys would rather hear a longer episode than a shorter one like the one that I uploaded today, you know, let me know in the comments, shoot me an email, uh, you know, social media stuff, you know, reach out to me and let me know what your preference is. I try to do it in smaller chunks because it kind of fits the way that, you know, my life is. I have a full-time job. I've, I'm a volunteer in some organizations. I sit on, uh, you know, some boards, um, in, you know, in my area as, you know, board of director kind of thing. So, you know, I, I do have a lot of stuff going on in my free time, which is when I do all these stories. But I, I like to think I upload consistently. And uh, why don't I upload more? Pff, shit, if I had more time, Julie, I would do it. If I had, you know, half the responsibilities that I have, then I would be spending more time, you know, getting stories up, uploaded to you guys. It's, uh, you know, I, this is this is what fits my schedule. This is what fits and I hope you enjoy it. But again, if you guys would rather hear, you know, one longer volume a week as opposed to, you know, shorter ones, let me know. I can arrange for that awfully quick. But if you like it, that, you know, I try to upload twice, sometimes three times a week. Let me know that too. All right, I am going to shut up, but I appreciate it if you've stuck through these because I wanted to get to these. I used to do this a little bit more often, uh, Q&As, and I've got tons of questions from probably going back a, a couple of years. I can't even remember the last time I did a live campfire. It probably is a year and a half or two years, so we'll see if we can arrange to do one of those. I will let you know ahead of time so you can get on board, and uh, hey, let's, let's have a little fun, do a virtual campfire, and more questions and answers, and more true scary stories just in a live format. We'll see what we can do. All right, everybody, I'm going to sign off. I hope you have an excellent day wherever you may be around the round world. Send your true scary stories in Uncle Josh, true scary stories at gmail.com. And everyone be excellent to each other. And beware of things that go bump in the night. It could be anything a ghost, a monster, or the guy next door. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you. About making your life easier. About extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330. Or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.